You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Moultrie Mobile. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the NFC, Nine Finger Chronicles, that is. My name's Dan. I'm your host. Excellent episode today. Today, we're going to be talking with David McElwain from Mississippi. And the dude went on a tear, not going to lie, three bucks this year, one in Wisconsin, two in Mississippi, and he shares those stories with us today. We talk about uh, a little strategy. We, If you listen close, like this is, a, this is a story, right? So the strategy talk is at a little bit of a minimum, but if you listen closely and put the pieces of the puzzle together, just listen about terrain features and how they impact deer movement and i'm going to tell you whether it's a big terrain feature or a very subtle terrain feature it they can have a huge impact in um, how deer kind of funnel through an area and david explains that in his story so so listen closely for that man i tell you what uh this week in iowa it has been and is continue and is um going to continue for a little while uh it's nice like it is nice and i want to go out shed hunting but i'll tell you this man i love doing what i'm doing i love the network i love being able to podcast all day but as i grow the responsibilities grow and i haven't been able to take advantage of getting outside and dedicating an afternoon to shed hunting so I, my buddy, he, he called me up and he's like, hey, dude, uh, I'm going to my main farm. His dad owns a farm. I'm going to go there. and I'm going to shed hunt on Thursday. Do you want to come with? And I was just like before, like so fast, I think I had a cramp in my form. It's like, boom, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. And so uh, Thursday all day. I'm going to go shed hunting. I think we're leaving at about eight. I have to be back by five or five thirty so I can make it to a concert excuse me so I can make it to my uh, daughter's spring concert or musical concert that she has and uh, yes so I'm going shed hunting Thursday and if all things play out well if we cover his ground uh, in a good amount of time I think what we'll do is we'll try to bump over to my piece uh, that I hunt and maybe run through a, uh, a couple acres of that as well. So should be a pretty fun, a, uh, a pretty fun day. Now, one thing that I've been told is that I don't do a very good job of promoting what I'm doing. And I probably could agree with that. I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that is like, Hey, everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, I don't, I don't like to do that. I guess I just like to let my content speak for itself. But one thing I will say is that I have released two episodes. I think it's going to either be three or four. I'm not 100% sure yet. I got to check with the guy doing the editing. But if you go to the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel, you can check out the uh, you can check out the Sportsman's Nation page. And episode one and episode two of my South Dakota my South Dakota trip, where I brought a camera guy to film me this year, is up and running on that. Uh, on that episode so or on on that network god dang i can't even talk episode one and episode two of the uh of my south dakota trip are actually up and running on that uh sportsman's nation youtube channel so go ahead and uh take a look at that it's fun 
I kill a buck. Uh, something crazy kind of happens, and so go check that out. It's, it's uh, I, we had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I think I'm gonna try to do a little bit more of that uh, in the future. So go check that out. Instagram, Facebook, Nine Finger Chronicles. Uh, I'm not on TikTok, man, or, or some of those other platforms. I am on am on Go Wild, and I'd strongly suggest all of you get on Go Wild as well. But again, awesome episode today. I feel like I've taken up enough time already. I'm going to do a quick commercial, talk about hunt stand. What am I thinking about right now? I'm thinking about hunting, right? So hunt stand, digital map allows you to catalog uh, everything that you find. But before you go out and actually hunt, I hop on hunt stand and I start scouring the places that I'm thinking about hunting, looking for terrain features, looking for food sources, looking for pinch points, you know, anything that may concentrate deer movement put a little mark there and basically wait wait until I get out there and go hunt those specific areas and I see if it you know it's worth it along the way from my truck to that point I'm keeping my eyes open and I'm observing any deer sign like rubs or scrapes or maybe another person's tree stand or you know hey I, I popped out of I jumped a buck from this area or whatever the case may be I'm documenting everything and what this does is the more dots and points you have on any surface or a graph um, or a map it allows you to see where deer move and where deer do not move and so you can remove where deer do not move and focus your attention on where deer do move and that's just gonna that's just gonna give you higher success every time you step into the woods. So if you want to find out more information about HuntStand, visit HuntStand.com. Wasp Archery, I am very happy to announce that they have decided to continue the partnership moving into 2023 and 2022 all the way into 2023. Um, man, I tell you what, I love the guys that are uh, at Wasp, one of the longest running uh, partners here on the Nine Finger Chronicles. If you are looking for a very durable broadhead that is made from some of the best material that a broadhead can be made of you need to go check out wasp wasparchery.com i am a huge fan of two they have they have they have new stuff and they're always like damn why don't you promote our new stuff and i'm just like listen man the jackhammer i've had it on my bow now off and on right i, I took a break from wasp maybe for in 2008 or nine, I think I started with wasp in 2006. Um, I took a break kind of going, you know, seeing what else was out there and then came back to wasp. And that's where I've been ever since huge fan of the jackhammer, three blade jackhammer, huge fan of the boss four blade. Um, they have a variety of grains to choose from, whether that's 100 or 125, or you want mechanical or fixed blade, uh, wasparchery.com. Go check them out. Man, I forgot. I'm really bad at this too, giving dis out discount codes. Wasp Archery, uh, the number nine, followed by the word fingers, nine fingers, 2021, 20% off. And then Hunt Stand is another one here. Uh, SN20, SN20 for 20% off your purchase. And then lastly um, is Ozonics, right? I mean, I talk about the impacts of O3 a lot. And where do you get O3? You get it at Ozonics, right? It's a unit you bring into the tree with you. It emits O3 uh, or otherwise known as ozone. Ozone is an unstable element that likes to bond to other elements, aka bacteria and odor and viruses and anything like that. So what it does is it distorts any type of scent profile that you are omitting out of your tree stand or your clothes have gathered throughout a day of hunting. So when a deer, let's say a deer does get downwind of you, when they put their nose in there and they're like, hmm, what's that smell? It, they're not getting a nose full of human scent and it's distorted. And instead of thinking they're 10 yards away or 20 yards away, they may think that you're 50, 60, 70 yards away and they don't spook. I mean, this is my experience with it. The only way you, you're going to really get, uh, know how an Ozonics works is to borrow one from a buddy or get one yourself and, and spend some time in the tree with it. The impact it has outside of the stand is equally as important. I, I dry wash 
all of my hunting clothes and equipment in a ozone or in my uh, dry wash bag before and after every hunt. And that keeps my clothes odor-free going into the next hunt. And there's times when the wind's right, when the thermal's right, when uh, I've taken care of my scent profile, both outside and inside the stands, I feel invisible in the woods. And I feel like that has led to some of my success in the woods as well. So if you want to find out about Ozonics, go to ozonicshunting.com. And if you do decide to purchase, enter the discount code NFC21 and get a free dry wash bag with purchase of one of their units. So commercials are done intro is done huge shout out to each and every one of you and i say this every time and i mean it every time thank you uh, guys uh, for uh, uh, continuing down this path for nine fingers a lot of cool things coming as always not only on the network level and on the hunting gear uh, podcast level but on the nine fingers as well here so uh, stay tuned for that and now let's get into today's i guess we'll call it a three buck season with david McElwain. Three, two, one. All right, all the way from Mississippi, Mr. David McElwain. How we doing, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I tell you what, I don't talk to enough people from the South, and I'm going to really try to do a better job of incorporating uh, you know, the, the Alabamas, Mississippis, Louisianas, and Georgias, even Florida, uh, uh, Floridas of the world in, in this next year. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a different world down here, especially deer hunting. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot different, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I want to get you involved because sometimes it's real easy in my little my my chair here in Iowa to stick with what's close in the surrounding Midwest, just because you know for some reason it's probably just because where I live and uh, I follow on Instagram and just I know more people from the Midwest, but uh, man, there's a lot of guys getting it done down south too. Yeah, there is. Um, like I said, it's such a different world. Our rut is, you know, a, a good month and a half later than uh, than y'all's, and it's yeah. like if, if you play the if you play the cards right, if you are able to, you can hunt the the rut pretty much the entirety of um, November through January here. Yeah, um, it's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. So you've been on before, but before we kind of get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, why don't you talk to me, uh, talk, or just remind us, what do you do for a living? Uh, so I am from uh, North Mississippi, and um, I work for a camo company. Um, I work for Mossy Oak um, oh, yeah. in West Point. Yep, so I'm a photographer and producer and kind of social media manager for them, and that takes up the bulk of my time, and I freelance on the side. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it definitely keeps me busy throughout the day, um, but um, it allows me to be able to hunt more than I would say uh, the majority of people, um, which is honestly what I wanted uh, to try to design my life around is, is hunting. And um, somehow I stumbled upon this opportunity and it's, it's been a pretty good ride so far, I'd say. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, what's it like working for Mossy Oak? Because they're, they're a company that has been around for a very long time. Like when you think of some of the, the early adopters in the hunting industry, the real trees pop up right the the mossy oaks kind of pop up what's it like working for that company i really enjoy it man i'll tell you what and, and you think like exactly what i guess the stereotype is it's like mossy oak is the good old boys it feels like um, yeah. even before i got in even before i got in uh working with them um, that's what and they're from a town with less than you know thirteen thousand people it's actually where i grew up here in west point a really small town um Great people. I've, I've really enjoyed working with them. They're very, very down to earth people. Um, yeah. uh, it's just, it's, it's the good old boys. It feels like, and um, working with them, you know, you feel like family. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a dang good experience working with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, Mossy Oak is one of those companies too where I, I went on a rant the other day and I started talking about how the hunting industry needs to do more about conservation. Um, and do more about, you know, talking about how hunting opportunities are being taken away and things like that. And there, there are a lot of companies out there that aren't doing very much. Um, I I feel like Mossy Oak kind of walks the walk in that aspect though. 
They do. Um, they do donate a lot of money and time to um, a lot of these organizations. Um, and it's it's it. And I know I know your frustrations a hundred percent with with a lot of other companies that don't that will talk a big game and they don't follow through. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we can always do more. Yeah. I feel like that's we fact. always need to do more. That's a fact. Like right now, uh, just uh, for example, um, not for Mossy Oak, but in my backyard here in, in Columbus, Mississippi, uh, um, our, we have a public land um, WMA that they're trying to sell off right now. It's called Black Prairie. Um, and it's going all over the news right now. A lot of the outdoor industry is talking about it, but they're trying to sell it off. And there's a meeting Monday um, in Columbus um, where they're going to try to sell this public land. And it's just uh, it's it's scary to think about that this is kind of where we're headed. Yeah. Because um, I know this is happening all over the country, not just here. Um, but this is just one small example of uh, of we need to protect our uh, our way of life and the opportunities we have. Uh, we can't take one step back so we do we, we may lose it yeah and it's crazy you think about that so there's there's probably a guy out there who it is his favorite place in the world to be you know what yes. i mean and he loves to go out there whether it's just to kick rocks breathe fresh air maybe he's a turkey hunter maybe he's a deer hunter whatever whatever the case may be that's his favorite place in the world now imagine his favorite place in the world being taken away from him i i can't I can't imagine the gut the gut wrenching feeling that that would that would be like, and maybe it's just one guy who feels that way. But I'll tell you right now, it's gonna it's going to displace hunters. It's gonna overcrowd the next area, right? And if that snowball continues, then it's like hunting is just left to landowners, and there yeah. there's no other opportunities out there for guys who don't own land or don't lease hunting ground. Exactly, and like you said, it, it it displaces those other hunters on the onto the other lands we have, um, and kind of affects the hunting there. And it's just it's not a good it's not good all the way around. Yeah, it's not good all the way around. Yeah, that's tough out there, man. I tell you what, and that's why we have to voice our opinions, right? Voice our use our yes. voice. So you're exactly right. I get this, I get this uh, little text message from you. Uh, I posted a picture of my deer all the way back in. Uh, <laughs> in October. And you're like, congrats on the big deer, man. If you ever get the chance, I'd love to talk with you again. And he, these words, best season ever, right? Like that, that is a, that's a bold statement from a hunter. Right. And I, I tell you what, I, I had a really, really good season this year. I might put it in, in top five as far as success and, and adventure and all that stuff is concerned. So what made this past season the best season ever for you i think it was a mix of a lot of things um good opportunity um good luck i'd say um and you know i got i got to go to a few of the places that i've always wanted to go as far as hunting um and it was just the whole getting new people into hunting um watching them succeed and watching old friends succeed making new friends it was just uh it was incredibly I don't know if you call it lucky. I don't know if you want to call it lucky, um, but it was just um, I got to watch a lot of mature bucks um, go home with a lot of people this year. That's awesome. And it was just it was phenomenal. I mean, it was just it was one of those years where you're probably not going to replicate it um, many times. I would say, um, for, and from my standpoint at least. And I know, listen, I know big deer here are a little different than your deer in Iowa, but you know there are there there's some. It was a phenomenal year, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and that doesn't matter, right? I, I bet yeah, you I, I bet you the antler size is something awesome to discuss or the body size or the mature level is awesome to discuss, but I'm guessing it wasn't the best season ever for you just because of those categories. No, absolutely not. I mean, it was, like I said, the whole gamut of the getting new hunters in it and watching old friends and, and having some luck and playing for myself. It was just... And regardless of the antler size, it was just a it was a dang good year. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know about you, but I've killed quite a few turkey in in my year. And as most of the listeners know, like turkey hunting to me isn't really a a thing that I, I go crazy about. A lot of guys do, but I don't. But one thing that I really like about turkey season is going with another person and calling for them. Yeah. 
And for some reason, I get a huge kick out of calling a turkey in for someone and then and then watching them shoot it. Like uh, you get to watch the whole movie unfold in, instead of focus just on trying to kill them. So I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's. Uh, uh, I 100% agree with yeah. you. I 100% agree with you. That's that's um, the sharing of it is, and we don't get to do that as bow hunters and, and deer hunters that much is sharing the yeah. opportunities with other people. But turkey hunting is cool in that aspect, um, and that's a that's a whole different cat in a bag right there for people at Mossy Oak. They all think that I'm crazy for liking deer hunting way more than turkey hunting. Yeah, and I'm the I'm definitely the uh, the redheaded stepchild when it comes to that <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, but I just I don't know I like I like hunting deer more. Yeah, um, but nothing wrong with turkey at all. But it just nothing gets me as fired up as a as a buck. Right. All right. So last year. When does this, when does this best season of yours start? Is there, is there a point where it kind of all kicked off or, or was it like the whole season? I, I'm trying to get a timeline here of yep. as it started to ramp up. Uh, I'd say, okay, so October, probably 22nd, 21st, 22nd is when it kind of ramped up for me. Um, and here in the South, and, and it's, I know the um, stereotypical people would say that you know, mid October is not very good. In a lot of places, if you're hunting the same place as you are early October versus late, um, but here it seems like mid October is pretty phenomenal. Um, I'd say that early October is pretty uh, low activity here, um, but mid October it seems like there's new bucks showing up pretty regularly. Yeah, um, they're starting to come out in daylight a lot more, uh, at least the areas that I'm hunting. And uh, this year, um, about October 20th or so, I got a picture of a buck um, that I had, I thought that I had him last year. Um, going back and realizing now, I, I did not. But he showed up, and he started showing up uh, right on the edge of daylight. Um, and where I'm hunting is it's a lot of um, there's a lot of hardwoods, but there's a lot of pines mixed in. Um, and of course, he's bedded in the pines coming out. Um, almost every day to this food plot and um there's a bunch of does hitting and everything i have a little food plot planted well i go hunting um i'm i'm going i'm going on a trip like the end of the week so i'm hunting like face monday so i'm hunting him and um i go out the first day i don't see him um i change stand locations um i run and gun every time i hunt um and switch stand locations where i thought another trail maybe he was trying to intercept him from his bed to his food plot um, so chain stand locations set up and sure enough, um, right at dark, um, he comes in and it's right on the, it's almost closing time. Like it is like right on the edge of that, like, um, being legal. And, um, he walks in and I get the bow, start drawing it back. And, um, I had noticed there was a couple of deer behind me. I thought maybe, you know, they, maybe they wouldn't see me. I'm kind of exposed on the backside of this tree. And I started drawing the bow back, and uh, one of the does busts me. Oh, boy. And sure enough, uh, sure enough, the buck trots off you know, 30 more yards, stops, and he's looking around. And it's like I said, it's, it's too dark to take a shot um, that I felt comfortable with. I mean, it's still legal shooting time, but he was standing in some tall grass, and it was just like it was not – I did not want to take a pot shot at this buck. You know, yeah. I figured I had the rest of the season. Um, so after that encounter, um, I didn't see the deer again for – um, a few weeks on trail camera. And, I and, and you, had, you had left to go on another hunt too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I got, um, I got to go to, um, after that, I got to go to Wisconsin, um, with a uh, buddy of mine, um, Sam Kohler. And, uh, he, I went to his family farm and, uh, he kept telling me how, you know, uh, how many amazing encounters he's had up there. And I thought, okay, well, let's, let's see how it is. And I go up there and it was, um, it was really good hunting. I'd say, uh, it just, it, it blew my mind. That's the first time I've ever hunted whitetail outside of Mississippi. Yeah. And just the sheer number of deer was pretty amazing. Um, but it just seemed like the buck to ratio was a lot better. Um, but, um, I went there the first day there, um, saw a couple of deer, not, not a ton, uh, saw a couple of nice bucks. Um, it was October 30th on this day. And, um, Went out the next morning, had an encounter with a nice buck. It was just too far. Um, 
and this is the first time this farmer's been hunted all year. Um, they don't hunt it very much. Um, but uh, I was, they told me, guy, he said, hey, go down to the stand over here. You know, um, I'm like, okay, well, I'll go. It's right behind that. It's right behind their house pretty much. Um, and uh, it's a, it's where like two ravines meet up, um, and there's a finger going out into the middle of it. So on the left side, um, it's a bedding area, and on the right side, it's it's more um, um, hilly and open. So I'm walking down this deer stand, and um, I get to it. I bust some does off, like, right beneath it. I thought, man, that's not good. But I thought, it's getting close to the rut here. Maybe there's a buck around. So I get up in the deer stand, and I'm um, about to put the tree arm or camera arm up. And I look to my left, and I can – I'm still standing up in the deer stand. And I look to my left, and I can just see – I can see this white, you know, rack i thought was a rack and i thought man that would be so cool if there was a buck bedded down here i've never i have never been on a buck bedded down of course seen some stand or something i thought that'd be really cool if it was him but it's so far away i was like it's probably not going to be him um i look with binoculars and i can see two times and i'm like that's a freaking buck i'm looking harder and looking harder and i can see him he turned his head when he turned his head i was like that's a that's a good deer so um, and he's like, he's way below me. He's in this drop off, like way below me. Um, but I thought the way that he was bedded up, I could see a, um, like a outcropping above him. So I thought if I can get down and creep around this thing, the wind is right. I can get above him and get like a 30 yard shot. So I get down to the deer stand. I'm shaking the whole time. The tree's shaking everything. So I get down and I start crawling towards this thing, take my shoes off, start crawling at him. And I get to um, probably 60 yards from him. I peek over, and it's a really nice buck, and it's one of the bigger deer that I've been able to hunt. Um, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, okay, well, he's bedded looking away from me. I can see him very clearly now. Um, his, he's kind of angled to me, a little bit hardcore of a, of a shot. I didn't want to take that shot. Um, I thought I need to get you know 20 yards closer at least. So... I start belly crawling. I get behind this tree and I ease up behind this tree. Is he bedded at this and point, or is he on his feet? He is. He is bedded. Okay. He's bedded, looking. He's bedded, looking away from me, below me. Um. So, and I get to this tree. It's a big, uh, a bodoc tree. Um. I get to it and I ease up beside it. And I can see him. He's still looking away from me. Um. He's alert and everything, but he's not paying me any attention. The wind's blowing just a little bit, so it's really helping me out. So the wind is um, the wind is is it blowing uphill in your face or kind of at a quartering no, angle? It's it's at a cross. Okay, um, gotcha. He's just he is just off my wind. Gotcha. He's like I mean if he, if it switches a little bit, he could get me. Um, so I ease up side of the street. I'm on my knees and um, I have an air knock, and I'm just waiting for him to stand up. So. I sit there for 20 minutes or so, and I'm watching. I get my cell phone out. I'm I'm videoing him, trying to video him. I'm shaking so bad I can't see him really, but I'm trying to get it on video thing. So I'm supposed to be filming this hunt, and it's, it's obviously not going to happen on the ground. And after I, after this debacle that I've had, um, but um, I wait about 20 minutes, and he stands up, and uh, I could tell like when he was going to stand up. He started looking around a lot more. I could tell my wind must he must have got a little bit of my wind. Um, so the wind switches a little bit and he starts looking around and as soon as he like, you know, dipped his head down and brought his butt up, I knew I was standing up. So I drew and stood up and as soon as he stood up, he started walking immediately, um, out of his bed and I tried stopping him and um, I got a shot off at him and hit him a little back. And, uh, but immediately he ran up on the, on the opposite hill and laid down. I thought, okay, well that's, that's. An okay sign. I'm glad he laid down at least. Um, not the best shot I've ever made in my life, but at least he's he's, he's bedded. We talking we talking liver or even further back? Uh, a little further back, to be honest with you. Okay, um, so you hit some it guts. Was, it was dip. Yeah. Yes, I did yeah. get guts. Yeah. Um, and awful, awful shot. And immediately when I shot, I knew I was like, that's not good. Yeah. Um, I've made some bad hits in my life, and I knew that was not going to be the best track job. Um, but. It was weird is right when that happened, um, it honestly sounded like just a wave of deer coming at me um, up from up the valley. And I was like, man, what the heck is going on? And it was probably 15 deer just running at me full speed. 
down this like a wave. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It felt like just like this rut, crazy. I don't know what it's called. But in the back of this, I see these two deer that are running straight at me. They get to like 20 yards, and I can hear a buck behind them grunting. And out pops this giant buck. I'm on the ground, and out pops this giant buck, and he runs to seven yards from me. Um, he's a big eight point. Um, I'm going to say he's between 150 and 155. Um, really big, big, one of the biggest eight points I've, I've ever seen. And he, he's running, he runs to seven or eight yards, and he has no idea I'm there. And he's looking around, looking for the does and everything, and, and he runs down the hill, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, where in the heck am I? Like, this is not happening in the South. <laughs> this, this is not happening. <laughs> um, so I go back to camp. I left the deer sit overnight, and um, we go in the next morning, and he's nowhere to be found. And um, I, am, I have chalked it up as we look for hours and hours, and we chalked it up to uh, I may not find this deer. Um, very little blood, but he actually circled back and um, came honestly close to where I shot him and walked into a bedding area and he bedded down in some uh, more flower rows and I just, you just couldn't see where he was. And my buddy Sam, we were about to chalk it up and he walked in there and found him. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the celebration ensued after that. Everybody was really excited and everything. Um, uh, one of the better bucks I've ever shot. And uh, it was a. Uh, it was an exciting experience, and yeah. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'll but then you. after that, five other people after that uh, proceeded to shoot mature bucks uh, within the next like four days. Yeah, and it was just, uh, it was just, I, I, it was cool meeting new people and watching them succeed because it was a couple of their biggest deer in their life, and they've been hunting hard, hard, hard this season. And uh, watching them succeed was honestly more gratifying to me than yeah. my own. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you this, man. Um, it, it was almost like a celebration. It, it feels like a celebration of hunting, right? Especially when you yeah. tag out, yes. you can be a part of the celebration and then getting to witness other people and, and the excitement that what they've done brings to them, man, that's just, that that's a, a, a yeah. huge positive energy blast right there. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's uh, it's it's an amazing experience to see other people succeed. Yeah, especially when they, you know, you and you know they deserve it. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, that that's to me that is hunting season. Yeah. Now let me ask you something. How do you handle a, a gut shot like that where you got to leave a deer overnight, man? I, I've made the mistake in the past where I've I've put a bad shot on a deer, and I've pushed them and. Some of the times I found them, some of the times, man, I haven't found them. And I know the deer's going to die somewhere. And for me, you go back and you're just like, I, I feel like, I don't know, I have a guilty conscience. I'm that guy who, like when I was young, if I did something bad, I, I told my mom I did it. Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't just lie my way out of it or, or talk my way out of it. I had to admit my wrong and it, it and when you do something like that for me I feel like I've betrayed a friend or yeah. I've lied to someone that I've loved <laughs> like I, I get that that really wrong feeling what, what how do you handle a, a bad shot like that knowing that hey man there's a chance I don't find this deer same as you uh, I've I usually don't tell like of course I'm in camp right here and I, I I tell everybody of course but like calling back home and saying hey I hit this deer back I don't I don't do that yeah um, I usually I usually I I don't say nothing to anybody until I know I'm going to find or I'm not going to find it um, I keep quiet I'm not that guy that's very boisterous and tell people um, I'm kind of handling my own demons because it feels like like you said it's that gut wrenching just awful. I may have just wounded this incredible buck yeah. and he's suffering right now and I don't need to celebrate. I don't need to say anything to anybody. It's just like, it's my way of handling it and not saying it's the right way, or the wrong way. Um, it's just, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to think about for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, and man. And talking about it doesn't, talking about it doesn't help me at all. So it's like, yeah, it's just like this internal, it's an internal conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. you, man. It sucks. It but then you have this, you know, you walk up on this deer and it is a complete 360 <laughs> or a 180 for you. Yeah. 
it doesn't it doesn't feel real when you do it and you yeah. think you've lost him and it doesn't feel real. You're like, I, I heard Sam holler and I was like, I was like, is he messing with me right now? He has to mess with me. Like this is not. But fortunately, he wasn't. Yeah, and I walked up there and it was a it was um awful hit, but I got lucky. Um, the Lord was looking out after me that day. Yeah, and uh, it just all it all worked out. So describe this deer to us. How old do you think he was? What was the uh, what did he score? If you if you put a tape to him, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not put a tape to him. Yeah, um, I felt like everybody in the world wanted to know what he scored, and it was kind of nice to me just to say I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he scored. It was it was nice, um, but I, I'm saying he's at least four and a half. He may have been five and a half. I'm guessing four and a half. Yeah, um, um, he's a Mainframe ten, a couple of kickers off the base. Nice. Um, it was a. Uh, it was. I would say, if it was my guess, I'm going to say um, in the one fifties. Oh, buddy. Uh, low one fifties. Heck yeah. Uh, it was a. It was, for, for me. It was a phenomenal deer. I was. I was happy, and to be able to shoot him off the ground, stalk, spot, and stalk. That that was, to me, it could have been a six point, and I would have had the same exact reaction. I'm like, that was a freaking cool experience. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I don't care what state you're hunting, 150, low 150s yeah. is an amazing deer. And the fact that in the same hunt you saw a 150-inch eight-pointer, yeah. that's gigantic. A 150-inch yeah. <laughs> eight-pointer is a gigantic eight. Okay, I have a 154-inch, uh, it's one of the only deer I've ever measured, and I did it for from peer pressure from my, my stepdad. 154 mm-hmm. inch nine pointer and he's gigantic downstairs right so yeah. um i don't know man it's one of those things where uh that's a people people think that there's this benchmark for 170 i'm like what 170 what what's this yeah. where's that coming from one 150 is yeah. like top five percent yeah i can i can count on my hands my one hand how many bucks I've seen at 170? Yeah, um, and especially 150. I mean, honestly, there's around um, in, in Mississippi at least that does not happen very often. Like they, it's people don't realize how hard it is to get a deer to 140. Yeah, um, here and and I feel like that that people throw all these numbers of they're shooting these big deer and they'll say oh 145 and you look at it and you're like I don't know who measured that but yeah. um but I don't think that's <laughs> people want to throw out these big numbers and it's really hard. I mean, 140 inch eight points huge to me, um, and I, I and 150 is like a gigantic beer. Yeah. And if you shot a, you said a 154 nine point, that's huge. Yeah. Like that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's to me, it's about the experiences, um, and it, it sounds like um, we've both had some good experiences over um, our hunting career. Heck yeah. And that's just it, it doesn't matter about the score. Um, like you said, I've ne- I've scored one of my deer, one, yeah. like you, and uh, I don't have to score the rest of them. Know that it's a deer makes me proud. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so buck one, check, right? Wisconsin, check. Great deer, you know, awesome deer. I, I actually just looked at it on um, on uh, uh, Facebook here, or excuse me, on uh, Instagram. Yeah. That's a great. That's a gorgeous animal. Okay. Uh, yeah happiness that's a good start to the best season ever what was the what was yeah. the next thing um so i came home um i got to go on a couple of trips and do some photography um between that one and the next hunt i got i, I get to hunt almost every day here in in um, mississippi but um weekends i'm i'm i've worked a regular job like everybody eight to five um and but on the weekends i try to travel and um, I do a lot of camping in my truck and um, travel around taking pictures. Um, I got to go up to Tennessee and take some pictures of some elk. And um, after that, came home. Um, and I had a new buck that showed up on camera in a, in a spot you know, outside of town. And uh, it was a buck that I had 100% recognized from the year before. Um, real tall tines, spindly rack, but um, definitely mature. And... uh I've been hunting him, I hunted him the year before a little bit, but I knew, I, I, as soon as I saw him the year before, I saw him on the hoof first time, and uh, I knew he was a great buck, but I thought, if he had one more year, maybe he would, you know, get a little bigger, jump up, or get some mass, and uh, I decided not to shoot him, um, and he came through it 
35 yards with a with a couple of does. Um, it's like mid December, and that's kind of when our rut kicks off. Um, but he showed up, and um, my girlfriend um, wanted to hunt with me. I thought, you know, okay, well, I don't have a double set that we can go sit. Um, we'll just go sit on the ground. And uh, just like the last time I'm walking in, we set up, and we hadn't seen much activity, I'd say, um, for the first like hour and a half. And then a doe pops out, um, probably 100 yards. And I have a this I have a right. This is rifle season in Mississippi. I have a rifle at this point. Um, doe pops out, um, and then another little bug. And I, it's getting close to it's, it's like all these stories. Like all my bucks are coming out right at the edge of legal shooting time. But yeah. this one pops out legal. Like it's still I got about 10 minutes left. I'd say, and he pops out at 100 and. 10 yards and um ended up i watched him for a couple of minutes um i was kind of debating on letting her try to shoot him because i'm like you know she's never shot a buck before like this is her first hunting season ever she's from maine this is her first hunting season ever um but you know i wanted to i don't i don't know how you feel about this but like starting a new hunter off on like a really big buck i rather than not do that because i feel like the rest of their hunting career they're gonna be like that first buck is their best one, and I, I, I like working up. I feel like um, I don't know how you feel about that. I've um, I've talked rather... I've talked to guys like multiple guys who their first deer ever. Uh, one was a muzzleloader uh, kill, and uh, another one yeah. was an archery kill, and one was like a one eighties, and another one was a one seventies, and they yeah. both admitted that it ruined the first ten years yeah. of their hunting. Because they were trying to chase antler size instead of going out and trying to kill deer, like just yeah. kill deer, period. And so they're just like, oh, man, that's it's great that I got this deer on the wall and it's an awesome story, but it kind of ruined the progression yeah. of of how everything else works. Yeah, that's that's you'd rather shoot later on in your hunting career that you know you worked hard for and yeah. you worked a long time for it. And that's just, you know, that's my opinion. I would rather her not shoot, you know, one of the bigger bucks that, that I, I see here. I mean, and here I would say it's really hard to come by, right? Um, a 130 is, I would say, is kind of average. Um, once you start getting into the 140s, that's pretty rare, I'd say, around here. Yeah. Where, and the places that I hunt, there's definitely a, definitely a big deer around, but a 140-inch deer is kind of the benchmark for a really, really nice buck. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this buck comes out. Um, and he's 100 and so yards. Um, I decided that I'm going to shoot him. I shoot him, and um, once again, I have it on video. I video the hunt and everything, uh, and watch the video, and I think, I hit the deer good. And I'm thinking, okay, we're great. I see his front shoulder uh, ripple when I shot him. It was perfect, I thought. And, um, and what, what was this so with, with, a muzzle loader? No, this was with a rifle. A rifle, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm shooting a 308, like I'm that's 100 and so yards. Like I felt very confident. Go back and watch the video. It's great. Go back to my house, hang out for a little bit. This guy even like extra time. Why not? Um, no rush. Um, so we drive back to um, where I was hunting. Walk in there and we can't find any blood. And I'm thinking this is Wisconsin 2.0. I feel like I, yeah. I thought, but I thought this was a good shot. And um, we couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. And um, I come back the next day. And um, and she couldn't be with me, but ended up finding the deer. Uh, but what I, what had happened was I hit him in the front shoulder. Um, he was he was semi angled, but he took one long step, and I hit him in that front shoulder, and it hit him in the front shoulder and through the brisket. Um, and it was just uh, it didn't bleed. I think he died relatively quick, honestly. But it was just one of those I don't know what happened inside of him where he didn't bleed, um, but there was not a drop of blood. Um, on him and actually i ended up having to get a tracking dog and um, they found him relatively quick then yeah um, didn't go super far but you know it was not one of those clean kills that you want like to walk up on like that night yeah uh, whenever you have to like we talked about whenever you have to leave a deer overnight it's just it sucks man it, yeah it it, it it there's no sleep involved and it's just it sucks to think about possibly that deer's suffering which i'm glad he wasn't but it still it, it hurts yeah, it, it, that's a it's a gut wrenching feeling, and and obviously you found him. Did 
as far as what these two bucks were doing, I know it's two di- completely different environments, but as far as what they were doing from, let's talk a strategy standpoint. And, and obviously yep. one's with a bow and one's with a gun, right? So you can reach out a little bit further with a, a gun than you can a bow. But as far as maybe terrain or what these deer were doing, was there any trends or similarities between the two? Yep. So a hundred percent, um, well, I feel very confident at least. The first buck was definitely watching uh, the bedding area that these does were coming out of. Um, as I was sitting on top of the, the hill looking, I could see does on the other hillside that were coming out of this bedding area that were, and this buck was bedded down looking and watching them. Um, and there is getting close to the rut there whenever I shot him. So I felt very confident. Okay, he's in a. Uh, he's just in a bed just to watch these deer. Um, and as they come out, I'm sure he'll start checking for hot does. Um, the second one, um, I don't feel like he was definitely not in a uh, rut mode. He was more in a uh, feed, I would say. Um, and just coming out of a – he was he he was in his traditional bedding area that he has been for the past two years. Um, and we have no topography um, in Mississippi whatsoever uh, where I am. It's as flat as can be, and um, the, but there's little sections inside of these bedding areas that usually hold bucks over others, and I'm sure it's like that everywhere. Um, there's places that, that bucks bed, and there's places that does bed, and it seemed like this one, um, he was not in a like I said, in a breeding um, mood at all. Like he was just like straight coming out to feed, going towards some bigger ag fields, um, and I just happened to catch him in between. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't really feel like there was any similarities with those two, um, but of course it's. I think this the, the second book was um, late November, so it's a little early for our rut. If I had any days to hunt in Mississippi, it'd be the first seven or eight days of December. Yeah, um, that, that's my favorite. But but no, I don't believe there's any much, many similarities though. So yeah, yeah. So this buck, I love the characteristic. Uh, he's like, he's pretty tight and tall. Yeah. Yep. Very tight and tall. Um, a 10, not right? A, not a ton of, yes. Yeah. Clean 10. Um, buck I was very, very happy with. I mean, it was, uh, it was a good experience and everything. And, and, um, it was cool. I knew as soon as I got a picture of him, he, he had a very like, uh, distinct rack to me. Like, uh, on the stroke cameras, I could definitely tell it was him from one year to the other. He didn't change a whole lot at all. Um, he reminded me of like a Texas deer. Uh, it just not a whole lot of mass, but just uh, long and skinny, I'd say. Yeah. And his 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 main beam, like I don't know, it wasn't like it wasn't like other deer around here. It was just like it kind of like curled up. I don't, I can't, I can't explain it. Um, but on trail camera, is very easy to recognize from one year to the next. That was him. That's awesome. That's awesome. So did you do you did you find any sheds to this buck because it's you know. Uh, something that uh, kind of a deer that you've been following no um no no sheds at all gotcha Uh, it's it's so hard to find sheds here um it seems like i've joked around i swear i think these deer hide their sheds like it's (laughs) unbelievable like it's so it's so thick here um and we don't have a whole lot of ag fields that are hitting late in the season um it's just not many people find sheds at all and when you do it's usually during turkey season um, it's very common for us to be turkey hunting and seeing bucks walking around with antlers. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's strange. So I'm yeah. pretty jealous that y'all get to go out and, and shit hunt. Yeah. I am very jealous of that. I've always wanted to do it, but it's just not something that's not super feasible here. Yeah. We just got a, <laughs> we just got like five inches of snow last night. So, really? uh, my shed hunting is on pause <laughs> for right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's been uh, it's been seventy. It was seventy five here yesterday. Yeah, crazy. It was fifty uh, last week. It was fifty fifty something for one day, and then it went back really? to the teens. So here we are today. We're sitting at about twenty three or something like that right now. But we got five inches of snow. So shed hunting is you know back to back to work, and shed hunting's put on pause for just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm sure once I'm sure once it. Uh, it's game time, though. I'm sure it'll be good here for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Mississippi check, 
right? Uh, the, the, the train keeps rolling on this perfect season or this awesome season that you had. Um, so what, what was next? Do you got another Mississippi tag in your pocket or did you go to a different state? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Mississippi, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about, but we get three bucks here. Okay. Um, it's kind of crazy. I wish they would um, maybe rethink that a little bit. Um, but you get three bucks and five does. Yep. Um, and you can shoot five does in one day here. Um, just uh, we have a lot of deer. Uh, not a lot of mature deer, I'd say. Um, but the next hunt, um, I went and filmed a hunt in kansas uh the day after that buck um so i left for kansas went and filmed a hunt there uh was not successful um uh it was just war- super warm weather it was like uh december i forget what day in december like the first couple of days of december yeah uh but it was really warm and just it was not happening um we went to um southeast kansas and um this was for mossy oak filmed that one um and obviously you know when you're I'm filming a hunt with other people. I'm wanting to be back home hunting myself. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I can't help it. It's just like, you know, you want to get back in the woods. And um, I, I'd already chalked the season up. It's like, okay, this is a really good season. I don't, I, if I don't even get to pull the trigger again for another bug, that's perfectly fine. Like, that's, yeah. I'm not something I, I have. I'm not going to be greedy on this or thing. And um, so we, I filmed that hunt, no success, come home. And um, when I come home, uh, the buck that I had uh, almost drawn back on in archery season uh, has shown back up. And uh, immediately I was like, all right, well, game on. Here we go again. And uh, so after that, um, I kept getting pictures of him. And he was coming from the neighbors. I could tell which direction. The way that I had my camera set up, I could tell. I was like, if he comes from the left, he's coming from an area that I can hunt. If he comes from the right, uh, this long stretch of timber, he's not coming from me more than likely. And uh, so I just sat back and waited for a couple of days before it got into a good rut. And um, I finally got one. I was only getting a few pictures of him. But I got one picture of the deer, um, and he was coming from my area. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, that means he is bedded on mine during the day more than likely. How many acres are you so, talking about here that you have access to? This is 42. 42 acres, okay. This is 42. Not yeah, not a very big, not a very big chunk, um, but he is coming from um, mine, and and I have very good bedding on mine. Yeah, good neighbors. Um, as far as um, you know, is it a, is it a neighborhood that is all kind of after the same thing? Um, I honestly don't think so. I think that I, I, it's decent. I'd say yeah. uh, most deer get to. Uh, they have the ability to get a little older. Yeah. But there's been a few instances where a couple of really young deer were shot, and I was like, maybe they don't feel the same way I do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and and all and I, don't, I shouldn't be disclosing this information, but it feels like all my neighbors are trying to figure out. They don't know who hunts the property next to them, and I, I'm I try to be very secretive about where I hunt. Yeah. But it seems like and, and I always get these messages on Instagram and everything of where did you kill that? And I'm like I'm not telling you where i kill it here <laughs> in <laughs> mississippi <laughs> yeah in, yeah that's a, in the woods that's all you need yeah. to know um but i get a picture of the deer and he's coming from the area that i can hunt um and uh i go in there the first day i i go into work early i get there at like six o'clock so i can leave at three just to get my you know my hours in everything and uh i leave at three o'clock i go in and i set up a stand um and uh it's a transition area between hardwoods and pines and uh like a crp i'd say kind of a uh, and, um, the perfect were th- it sounds like yes. three different edges meet yes yeah it's, it is the perfect like and there's a little bit of a change in topography just i mean just like uh, probably 10 feet if that yeah um and this area is a low point in this area that these bucks will travel um and so i set up on this low point my wind's coming from the south um and I'm around the edge. I'm on, a, I'm on a pine tree, but I can shoot to the hardwoods. So, um, and as I'm setting this thing up, I'm thinking, okay, this deer could be bedded with me anywhere in here. I have no idea just because these deer are so sporadic. So I set up, get up and stand, and um, I'm there for 10 minutes. And self-admittedly, I'm looking at my phone, you know, checking 
what's going on on Instagram, you know, kind of just kind of killing the time before it gets good. And um, I catch a doe um, coming out of the CRP building, the edge of my eye, and um, I'm watching her, and she's coming on a beeline right at me. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's weird that she's by herself this time of year, but great. I'm glad that, you know, she's coming right here. And 40 yards from my stand, um, I see a rack bedded down. Uh, it's right where the doe came from, and then it stands up. And of all deer it could be, it's the deer that I went in there after. Um, and he makes, he stands up, shakes off. Um, it's 4 o'clock. Like it, it's, there's plenty of daylight, and uh, he makes a beeline and walks right to me uh, 15 yards turned broadside and I got shot at him and it was it that to me just it sealed the deal for like wow I don't know what lucky charm that I have in my pocket but this has been a dang good year um ended up finding the deer very very quick uh, didn't run very far at all and uh yeah it was just a and it was a cap to a good year that's it awesome. felt like that's awesome yeah, it was a it was a pretty buck I was very excited over it um and uh yeah, it just felt surreal. I'd say. Yeah. So was this was this with a bow or a rifle again? Yes, a bow. It's with a bow. Okay. Yeah, with a bow. And another thing that makes it so sweet, obviously, it's a, a an awesome deer, right? Uh, I would. What did you say again in the the high one forties? Yeah, I'm, I would say, I would honestly say high one thirties, maybe. Oh, one thirties. Okay. It's yeah, a, maybe one forties. I'd say. Um, okay. I, it's a, it's a great deer for here, I'd say. Yeah. But um, it, it's just so hard to get a deer over one forty here. I mean, it's it's so hard, and I don't, I don't ever want to be that guy that says, "Oh, he was in the one forty fives." I don't want to say that. Like I want to just say he was, you know, I would say low one low one forties. Yeah. Yeah. One thirties. I'd say. I just don't measure my deer, like you said. It's just, yeah. Uh, it sucks because I'm I, I'm I, here on a podcast, right? And I have to try to. I'm trying to bring a visual representation of words, you're, right? Yeah, you're, having, you're having to you're having to score these deer on the fly and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and pictures are so deceptive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pictures are so deceptive with people. Um, uh, but just a long time uh, ten point, not very wide in, um, a little bit darker antlers, but just a clean ten. Uh, no, no kickers at all. Um, just a it was a pretty Mississippi buck. Yeah. So. That's awesome, man. And uh, so, you shoot this deer. There's no, there's no problems with finding this deer, and 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 so you're just like, man. Like at this point, you got to just be like, what? I should play the lottery. Uh, what is going on, right? Like, how 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 jacked were you at once you've you know had the opportunity to put three really good bucks down in a single year? You know, I've never. I've never been in the situation. I have never been in the situation of killing. Um, I've killed two bucks in a year. Uh, I've never killed three. But I'd never been in the situation. I was like, I was so proud of each one that I didn't want one to take precedence over another, or another yeah. one. I was just so excited. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it was a feeling of like, every one of these deer mean, I would have been happy with one deer a year. Because I can, you know, you kill one deer a year, you appreciate every single thing about it. Yeah. And, like, you think about it the rest of the year, and that's your thoughts the rest of the year. Like, I want to get that opportunity again. But killing three, it was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like I deserved it. Um, but then I didn't feel like I should appreciate one over the other. But I was, just to answer the question, I was very, very happy. Yeah. I appreciative. Didn't feel like I was deserving. Um, and just happy that it was a, it was a really good year man that's awesome and, um, and then after after that my whole goal was to get uh, my girlfriend on a buck and uh ended up finding one um i actually found and scouted one and i thought um was a really good deer i'm like i don't know how i feel about her shooting this <laughs> but it was uh it was a, a different area a completely different scenario um i saw one uh, come out into an ag field and um I thought, okay, well, tomorrow we need to be here uh, within 100 yards where he came out. Yeah. And um, so we go in the next day, and she's never shot a deer before. Um, so like I said, this is her first hunting season. Um, and there's a pond that I wanted to check out because there's always some deer that are bedded down beside it. It's like an island in the middle of this huge field. Um, so I walk in, 
and I uh, walk over this pond levee and um, I'm looking through it and I just like it, it I go I get to go western hunting every once in a while and I never make very good spots I feel like yeah but I was so proud of myself for this one like I, I popped over this levee and saw one tie and I thought I think that's a buck over there bed down and I watch it for five minutes or so she's kind of below me and um, I'm watching it and I finally see it move and I'm like holy shit that's that buck like I, we have found that buck in this huge area right here he's bedded down 100 yards from the front here like, okay sweet so I get her up there we're set up and we're waiting for him to stand up and if he takes a step if he stands up and goes left or right we got a shot the only way we can't shoot him is if he stands up and walks straight away from us yeah. and we sit there for about an hour and of course like big deer do um, he stood up and walked straight away from us um, so we grab our stuff, run around the edge, uh, run up to the top of the hill kind of where he went over, and um, we can't see him because there's a little bit of a rise out of the field. So I just climb up an oak tree and um, just climb the limbs and get up there, and I can see like 10 deer out there and then him. Um, but there's no way we can get close. So yeah. um, we kind of watch him for a while, and it turns dark and everything, and it just doesn't happen that day. But we decided, let's try it again tomorrow. Um, we'll set up a different spot maybe. Um pop over he's not at the same spot he was obviously so we go around on the edge of this field um at the corner of this ag field um we set up on the, on the ground on the um our backs up against a big old oak tree and uh a buck pops out at you know 150 yards and walks straight to us um it walks to i'd say 40 yards from us and she shoots it and um it was not the buck that we saw the day before but it was still a nice, um, a really nice buck for her. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a ten ten point, um, just a young, uh, great representation for a, a young buck. I mean, it was perfect for her, and she was happy. Um, but it was a another good season, a good season for her, and uh, everybody wins. Yeah, it seems like um, man. I don't know why. I don't know why this year has just been a. I don't know why certain years you have, but it seems like when you are on a roll. Uh, if you can take the time to appreciate it while you're in the moment, yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes a year can go by, you shoot a deer, and you're just like, awesome, this is awesome. But then you take a step back. And and for me, I'm starting to get this with with my, like I'm looking, I'm in my office right now. I'm looking at my deer uh, skull plate. Because, uh, you know, the hide's at the taxidermist, and I'll eventually have to bring that in. So I got, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at my Euro mount from this past season for my South Dakota. I'm looking at sheds that me and my wife have found over the years, pictures and, and more shed antlers. And then downstairs, every morning when I drink my coffee, I look at all the mounts and all these memories. And it's just, it, it stacks and stacks and stacks and snowballs. And then it's just, I don't know, man. It, and then you really do feel jacked about not just one season but the entire process and the entire all the years that the the culmination of of how it started and where you're at now and and uh, it's a really good feeling yeah it's an amazing feeling yeah and it's uh it's something we can't take lightly for being a hunter um because it could be taken away one day yeah we have to fight for it absolutely and then uh now, now here's the here's the real question. You got wall space for all those deer? Uh, I live in a I live in a little apartment, and uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, but uh, I got two of them skull mounted. Yeah. And, um, I'm gonna get the, the Wisconsin Wisconsin buck. Um, it's getting mounted. Yeah. Um, but hopefully uh, one day when I'm moving to a little bigger place, I have a, I have a little room. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, um, but I guess that's a, that's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, that is a definitely a good problem to have. Well, I tell you what, man, uh, congratulations on one hell of a season. It's, uh, it, I don't know, I, I'm, I, I get jacked up for my own hunts when I hear the success that other people have yeah. had and, um, uh, and, and the excitement in your voice and the stories that you're, you've shared, not only with yourself, but uh, those around you. Uh, and it being uh, one of your best seasons ever, man. So congratulations, and thanks for taking time to hop on the, this podcast. Man, I really, I really appreciate the time, Dan. I've been, I've enjoyed the heck out of it, and um, 
yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you had a great season as well. And there we have another episode in the books. Huge shout out to David, man. I really appreciate your time on the phone today. Congratulations on a stellar season. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen up. Man, it means a lot to me. Uh, Just seeing the downloads and and the analytics on my side, I'm very uh, appreciative of everybody who follows along and everybody who listens. So thank you for that. And uh, man, this life, this world we live in is crazy. And I think there's no better time to be a positive person than right now because um, positivity is, and I I know I sound like a hippie and some people will hear me and, and, and maybe cast a little judgment on what I'm about to say, but this is like, if you omit positive energy, the person standing next to you is going to get some of that and they're going to be positive. And then it's, it, it starts this chain reaction, right? Of positive energy and boom, that person is positive and whoever he touches in his life is positive. And the next thing you know, we have this community of positive people who are able to shed the negative and absorb the positive. And then that just makes us better people overall, right? So uh, be, be kind to your neighbor, good vibes in, good vibes out, wear your safety harness and man, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Thank you.